want to waste much time. We want to get into the Word of God. I have a message which uh, has been on my heart that I would want to share with you. And I believe that uh, the Lord will speak unto us through this message for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. I want to talk about the mandate in the times. The mandate in the times. Acts chapter 1 from verse 6 to verse 9. Are we there? Acts chapter 1 verse 6 to verse 9. The mandate in the times. The Bible says, When they uh, therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So here we have an account of Jesus speaking to his disciples. And uh, before we talk about the question that they asked. Uh, if you read from verse 1, we hear that Jesus began uh, to speak to his disciples not only uh, at this uh, particular uh, account that we have read, but ever since he rose from the dead, he began to speak to them. He began to show himself to them and to uh, most of his disciples for those 40 days before he was taken up into heaven. The Bible also says he began to give commandments unto his apostles whom he had chosen. And in the verses that we have read, we also see uh, 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 the command that Jesus gave unto his apostles concerning the preaching of the word of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Right, so... The Bible tells us that when they were assembled together, there is a question that was asked to Jesus. They asked him, Lord, would thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Right. Which means uh, the disciples were so concerned about Jesus restoring the kingdom unto Israel. Right. One thing that we need to understand concerning the background uh, of these times, when Jesus came to the earth, when Jesus preached on the earth, when Jesus did all those miracles, and finally when Jesus uh, uh, died on the cross and then rose uh, from the dead, during all that time, 
Israel was under the rulership of the Roman Empire, right? That's why you hear about uh, Roman centurions in the Gospels because uh, Rome was ruling over the kingdom of Israel at such a time, right? So you can understand that if uh, a particular kingdom is under the rulership of another, certainly the citizens, the people in that particular kingdom, they would desire for God to bring them out of the situation that they were in. And Israel, especially as God's nation, they really looked forward to that time when God would set them free from the rulership of Rome. They really, really looked forward to that particular time. So this is the reason why they asked Jesus to say, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, what was Jesus' answer? Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. It is not for you to know the times and the seasons. Which means certainly God, according to uh, 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 what the prophets spoke before, God was going to restore the kingdom of Israel. He was going to. But there was a time and a season for that. But then Jesus said to his disciples, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons which God has set in his own power. It's not for you. But what you are supposed to know and what you are supposed to do is that which you have been given to do at that particular moment in time. In other words, you are saying the mandate that you have been given, that is what you should be worried about at such a time as this. The mandate, the mandate. That's why he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, in a nutshell, Jesus was saying, it's not time yet to restore the kingdom to Israel, but this is time for the preaching of the gospel. This is time to make sure the gospel reaches Jerusalem. This is time to make sure that the gospel reaches all Judea. This is time to make sure that the gospel reaches Samaria, and this is time to make sure that the gospel reaches to the uttermost part of the earth. We have the gospel today because of this statement that Jesus said to his disciples. Because we know that after Jesus spoke to his disciples, the Bible says he was taken up to heaven, but he had already given them the mandate, and that mandate was to spread the gospel to the uttermost. So that was the mandate in the times. At that particular moment in time, the disciples were supposed to give their attention to the mandate, which was the preaching of the gospel. Now I have a question concerning the times that we are living in. I'm sure we have a lot of people who are wishing that God does something in our nation. I believe that there are a lot of people who are saying, may the Lord do something in this continent. May the Lord do something in this world so that our lives become better. I, I, I believe that there are a lot of people who are looking at their situations and they are saying, Lord, may you remember us in our nations. But my question now is, is it time for that? 
Because the Bible is saying, certainly God has times, certainly God has seasons. If God has seasons for that particular thing that he has to do, what are we supposed to do now? Because there are times when we want to take power into our own hands and uh, begin to, 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 to try to make things happen when it's not time for that. There's a reason why God will keep a king in power. Even if he may be good or evil, there are reasons for that. Those are times and seasons that God has put in his own power. God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to rule for a certain time, for a certain season, for a reason. God allowed the king of Medopatia to rule for a certain season and, and for a certain time, for a reason. He allowed the king of Greece to conquer to rule for a certain time and for a certain season. There are times and seasons which God has put in his own power. God has allowed Pharaoh to rule for a certain time and for a certain season. And he allowed Pharaoh to actually persecute his own people for a time and a season. Those are seasons and times God has put in his own power. And we as the children of God, we should be aware of such things that we shouldn't take power into our own hands. You know, there is a very interesting scenario that happened in John chapter 6, uh, uh, verse 15. The Bible says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. So the people at one time wanted to take Jesus by force and make him a king. Very interesting. Now the question is, why did they want uh, to make Jesus king? They did not want to make Jesus king because of what he preached. They did not want to make Jesus king because of his righteousness, or his holiness, or his closeness to God. They did not want to make Jesus king because of his message. We need to understand that. They wanted to make Jesus king because he had fed the 5,000 in this chapter. Immediately after he multiplied the bread, the five loaves, and the two fish, and fed the 5,000, then the Bible then tells us that they wanted to take him by force and make him a king. They wanted to make him a king based on his ability to feed them, his ability to supply food to them. And as you read this chapter, John chapter 6, you'll find that most people, they followed Jesus because of food, because of bread, not because of the message that he carried or the message that he preached. So we have a lot of people like that who are only worried about their bellies, but they are not worried about the message of the kingdom. So us as Christians, we should not be entangled in that because there are people who have their own agendas. But ourselves, what agenda do we have? What agenda do we have? Are we going to be caught up in other people's agendas and forget our agenda? Are we going to be caught up in other people's mandates and forget our mandate? We need to understand that, come what may, we are not supposed to be involved in any kind of violence as a Christian. We understand that, isn't it? No matter 
how much we want freedom, we cannot be violent as Christians. Yes, we can speak our message of righteousness. We can speak our message of justice. But at no time at all should we be involved in violence. At no time at all. It may seem right, but we have to remember what the word of God says unto us. You know, at one time Jesus said, I will read John chapter 18 here, verse 36. Jesus answered and said, my kingdom is not of this world. We have to remember that. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. So Jesus said, my kingdom is not from here. So when he came, he did not even try to remove the Romans. We had power over Israel at that time. Jesus knew his mandate. Jesus knew why he was sent on the earth. He was sent to testify of the kingdom of God. He was sent to die for the sins of many. That was what he came for. And he remained focused on that. He remained focused on that. And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, then my servants would, uh, would fight so that I am not delivered to the Jews. So they came and took him and crucified him, but his servants didn't fight. Because they were not supposed to fight for the kingdoms of this world. Even ourselves as Christians, we are not to fight for the kingdoms of this world. What we can fight for is the kingdom of God. And how do we fight for the kingdom of God? We fight for the kingdom of God by testifying about the kingdom. By testifying about the message of the kingdom. This is what we are supposed to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. What is our mandate? What is our mandate in this time? What is our mandate in these times? You know, things can get so bad. I'm sure during their time, things were bad. But Jesus did not forget his mandate. He did not forget his mandate. He said, for this reason, I came to the world so that I would die for the sins of men. He did not try to save his own life. He knew that he had come to lay down his life. Now my question is, what is your mandate? As a Christian during this time, are you not getting sidetracked by the things of the world? Are we not getting sidetracked by bread and butter issues so that we forget the real reason we are here? Right now the devil is trying by all means to take as many souls as he can to hell. But have we forgotten that our main mandate is to plunder hell and bring the souls of those that are lost into the kingdom of God? That is the real battle that we have. The battle with the forces of darkness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongs unto me. I will recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. So here, the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying, Vengeance belongs unto me. So the Lord is the one who is saying vengeance belongs unto me. Which means a man should not avenge 
Are we getting this? You should not avenge anyone. No matter what that person has done in your life, you are not supposed to execute vengeance. Which follows that you are not supposed to hurt. The Bible says, love your enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Pray for them and bless them, those that persecute you. But we have Christians who are, are, are celebrate at the death of a wicked person. Jeremiah chapter 33, what does the Bible say? The Lord says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He has no pleasure. And then the Bible says, we must be like our father. We must emulate our father. You know, at many times we are overtaken by how the world thinks. And we begin to think like them. But the Bible says we must be what? Transformed by the renewal of our mind. How are we transformed by the renewal of our mind? We are transformed by letting the word of God change us. Change the way we think. So are we allowing the word to change the way we think? Are we allowing the word? Because when we allow the word to change the way we think, then we should be like our father who has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Why is God not happy at the death of the wicked? Because when the wicked dies in his wickedness, he goes to hell. He is lost forever. So how can God be happy? I want you to know today that no matter how wicked the person is, if that person, if it's his last day on the earth, if that person manages to repent and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins, I'm sorry. Forgive me, I want to be your child beginning today. That person will go to heaven. That person will be forgiven. As long as that person has not died. There is no sin that is greater in the eyes of God. That the blood of Jesus cannot wash away. Except the sin that God has already spoken about. Which he said, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That one cannot be forgiven. So even if that person has made that. But if that person gives their life to Jesus, that person is forgiven. So as the church, we should never forget our word, our mandate. We should never forget our mandate to preach that gospel to such people and share the message of life to such people because they need to be saved. Even ourselves, us who are standing here and, pre uh, and preaching the word, we did wrong in our days. But the mercy of God forgave us, and we're cleansed. Everyone deserves that chance to hear the gospel and be saved. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. So, this is what the apostle Peter said in First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. The Lord should dwell in our hearts by faith and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So this is what we should be like. We should sanctify the Lord in our hearts. And then we should be ready always 
to give an answer to every man. You hear what the Bible is saying? Every man, we should be ready to give an answer. Every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. So there is a hope that is in us, ladies and gentlemen. There is a hope, and that hope is in Christ Jesus. That hope is in the kingdom of God. So the Bible is saying we should have an answer ready. If there is anyone who asks us about the hope that we have. And we should answer them and give that answer with meekness and fear. What is the apostle saying? The apostle is saying, this is what we should be ready to do. We should not be ready to run in many things. We should not be ready to do many things. What we should be ready to do is to give people answers concerning the reason of the hope that is with us. The hope that is in us. You know, what does it uh, there's something that Jesus said concerning a person's soul that what would it benefit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Look at that. So sometimes the battles that we go into they are meant for us to gain the world. But the question is how does that help us if we manage to gain the world but lose our own souls, which means what should be on our forefront when we, when we engage with the world, what should be on the forefront is to bring uh, uh, people the knowledge of the kingdom of God, to bring knowledge concerning that which is eternal, not that which is corruptible. We must choose our fights well. We must choose our battles well. What is our battle? So that is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, do not worry about the times and the seasons that God has put in his own power. If salvation is to come, it will come. If restoration is to come, it will come. If any change is going to come, it will come. But it will come at the time that the Lord is appointed. But you, all my disciples, what are you supposed to do? You shall receive power. You shall receive power. And when you receive power, what are you supposed to do? Go forth and make disciples of all nations. I will end with what Matthew chapter 24 verse 14 says. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom, right, shall be preached in all the world. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples. Power shall come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Power shall come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. And the question that I have for you right now is, who is God's witness right now? God's witness is you. And if you are God's witness, the Bible is saying this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness. And you as a witness, you must do your part and make sure that the word of God is heard in your community. The word of God is heard in the people around you. The word of God is heard in all nations. Because when the word of God has been heard in all nations as a witness, 
Then shall the end come. The Bible says the end is coming. And it will come. And you should be wise to know that. Everything that has been prophesied in the word of God, it shall come to pass. But you as a Christian, never forget your mandate. Never forget that which God has spoken unto you. And not be derailed by the things that are happening. Not be derailed by the status of things in the earth. The status of things in your nation. The status of things around you. The kingdom of God must come first. The Bible says, seek ye the, uh, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we must always have that in the forefront of our mind and make sure that the gospel is heard and make sure that people don't die without hearing the gospel. This is the reason we are here and we must make sure that we carry forth this mandate in these times in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible, you know, if you read the whole of Matthew chapter 24, Jesus spoke about end time signs that there will be a lot of things that will happen, even things that will bring fear into the hearts of many. But you, as a child of God, you must know that these things shall come to pass because Jesus has already spoken of these things and you have no reason to fear. But what you must do, what you must be careful about is carrying forth the mandate, carrying forth the mandate, carrying forth the mandate of spreading the gospel and the word of God to all people out there so that they may be saved in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I finished my message and I thank God for everyone who has heard this message and has put that message to heart and he has decided from now on to say, I will make sure that I finish my mandate. I will make sure that I am a witness of God, a witness of the gospel in this earth before Jesus uh, comes back, before Jesus returns, because he said, behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give to every man what he has done, to reward every man in line with what he has done on the earth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So I pray by the grace of God that you listen to the word and you do exactly what the Lord has said unto you. Do not be sidetracked. Do not be sidetracked. Remember the mandate in these times in Jesus' mighty name. Let us stand upon our feet as we go before the Lord. We want to thank God for his grace upon our lives. And this is what I feel that we should pray for. In such a time as this, may the Lord send a revival upon his saints. May he send his spirit upon his saints. May he send a different kind of anointing for such a time as this. An anointing that will bring boldness to his own people. An anointing that will bring boldness to the saints to rise up from the greatest to the smallest. To rise up and begin to declare the message of the kingdom of God so that people may be saved out there. In Jesus' mighty name, rise up somebody and begin to pray and begin to 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 uh, ask the Lord to send that great rain upon you, to send that great grace upon you, to send upon that great anointing upon your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Father, we thank you at such a time as this. Oh, Father, we thank you, oh, Lord, for your people. We thank you, oh, Father God, for your saints. We thank you, oh, Father God, for your church in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, oh, Father God, for that which you have done right now upon their lives in Jesus' mighty name. 
again. Thank you, Father, for hearing this prayer because I believe, oh, Father God, we are living in a different time. As we are living in a different time, oh, Father God, I pray for your people that there may be a shift that can come, oh, Father God, and a shift that must come, oh, Father God, into their lives, oh, God, so that they may begin to do that which you called them to do in the mighty name uh, of Jesus, oh, Father God, from the greatest, oh, Father God, to the smallest uh, in Jesus' mighty name, because the mandate of being a witness, the mandate, oh, Father God, of spreading the gospel was not only given, oh, Father God, to the apostles, it was not only given, oh, Father God, to the teachers or to the pastors or to the evangelists or to the prophets, but it was given, oh, Father God, to the entirety of the body of Christ in Jesus' mighty name. And I'm saying, oh, Father God, this is the time for the whole body of Christ to rise up in the power, oh, Father God, that you said will come upon them. The Bible says anyone who believes in Christ, even the works that he did, shall that person do also, because you go unto the Father in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, oh, Father God, that may that reality, oh, Father God, begin to be manifested in such a time as this, when everyone begins to walk in the power of God, when everyone begins to walk, oh, Father God, in the anointing of Christ, in the fullness of his anointing, in Jesus' mighty name, and become, oh, Father God, the witness that you said we should become at such a time as this. We believe, oh, Father God, we are heading towards the end time, the end times that you spoke, the end times that you prophesied about, but, oh, Father God, it is time for the saints to stand strong and to declare the message of the kingdom. It is time for the saints to stand up and not forget their mandate, their real mandate on this earth in Jesus' mighty name as you spoke to your apostles back then. In Jesus' mighty name, we should not be overcome, oh Father God, by the spirit of fear because you never gave us a spirit of fear, but you gave us a spirit of power. You gave us a spirit 